This is Planet 76, your source for all things Philadelphia 76ers. We've got another great episode coming your way today, and we're cleared for takeoff. Let's go. All right, Planet 76, episode 86. Welcome in February 26th. A lot of six. Uh, <laughs> a lot of six for this episode, episode 86 again. Welcome. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Troy. This is Michael here with me as always. We are a weekly podcast covering all things Hello. Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, in today's episode, so we're post-All-Star break, we get to recap Sixers action at home against both the Grizzlies and the Celtics. Um, I pause after that because that was a little bit of a heartbreak. We're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sixers bench and how that performed against the uh, Celtics. Talk about some needs there. A little scary there, <laughs> Michael. Uh, we'll talk about, again, like we did last week, why seeding in the East can make a big difference on the Sixers' playoff chances this year and for everyone in the East where they uh, find themselves in, in round one is going to dictate a lot. Uh, and then a look ahead to what's to come this week, four games this week. Uh, against the Heat twice, home and away, and then on the road in Dallas and Milwaukee. So uh, we'll get into all of that. The, you know, again, two tough games this past week, but it doesn't get a whole lot easier for the Sixers. They do have, uh, by record, the toughest schedule uh, remaining in the NBA. So uh, we'll get into all of that fun stuff. But uh, we will, after I toss it to Michael, I think we'll start with uh, what happened last night between the Sixers and Celtics. But, uh, Michael, how are you doing how, after that? After that game, um, how are you feeling right now? You know, it was kind of heartbreaking, I can't lie, to <laughs> to see the Sixers very nearly win the game because they were leading for a for not a majority, but a large portion of the game. Did you did you end up catching yeah. the whole thing? Yeah, fifteen point lead yeah. in the third, right? And then they had they had a fifteen point lead, and then before that they were up eight, I believe. So multiple leads in this game, looking really good against arguably the best team in the league. They were, they limited Tatum very well, they limited Brown pretty well too. They the Sixers played really good defense, and then fourth quarter rolls around, and then they leave Al Horford open five times for three. He makes all of them. Surprise to no one. Surprised to absolutely no one. Al Horford scorches the Sixers. What else is new? And then Tatum hits a game winner, and then Embiid hits a half court, actually nearly full court heave. Seven, just kind of throws it up, and he and it he drains it. But of course, in Sixers fashion, it doesn't count because he was point three seconds, point two, point three seconds. Um, on the clock, and he had the ball in his hands. The the Sixers lost this game the only way that the Sixers could have possibly lost this game. And when I say that this was a 100% winnable game, they had the win. It was right there. They had the win. But, of course, ice-cold Tatum has to make a contested three. And then everybody was saying, oh, why was Melton guarding him? Well... McDaniels wasn't in the game, so that's the only other player that really should have had the opportunity to guard Tatum there. 
And Melton had a hand up. I mean, yep. the contest was fine. He just kind of. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't have an explanation for why the shot went <laughs> right. in, but either way, <clears throat> Sixers lose. What was it? One ten, one hundred seven. Yes. On a score, Embiid was amazing. Harden was very good as well. Hard James Harden has been oddly good in the fourth quarter this mm-hmm. season. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's some stats out there about Harden in the fourth quarter, but he's been oddly really good specifically in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, this whole team has been oddly good specifically in the fourth quarter this season, a lot different than Sixers teams of the past. So that's good, and and that's something we saw in this game too, which is where most of that 15-point lead occurred right in this game was the fourth quarter so overall i'm not really too upset with the game itself but obviously and i'm sure you'll say this too obviously a little disappointed in the way it ended sure sure i mean it 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 just stung right it just stung and it stung in the third quarter when you're up 15 and al horford goes on a personal 9 or 12-0 run on three or four threes and then no, he had fifteen in the fourth. Oh, well, yeah, he, he had. I think he had four threes in the third. Oh, you mean in that in that sequence? Right. Oh, yeah, he and had then, like three or four. Yeah, three. And then he had his fifth three in the fourth. Oh, just man. draining, man. Like I mean, it just hurt. And of course, it's him. Of course, it's him. Right? Of course. You know, and there's more and more people every time the Sixers play the Celtics. There's more and more people convinced that the one year he spent here was you know as a spy uh, for the Celtics. You know, it's just like, <laughs> how is he? We saw him play in the Wells Fargo Center plenty of times. I don't recall him doing that ever, um, you know, knocking down four or five in a row. Um, so that hurt, and and that you know that's what got him back in the game is his run that got him back in it. And then, you know, you think about the way they lost. Yeah, hurts a lot. But like you said, it, it's an eighty-two game season. It's one game in that, and so that doesn't bother you as much. It just you know, of course, it had to be the Celtics that this happens to. Uh, but you know where I go again. We're we're 23 games out from you know the end of the regular season, and where I go with this, you know, initially because again, who cares regular season game between two teams that are going to the playoffs? But the thing that matters again is Sixers are chasing this team in the standings, and this was an opportunity to beat that team to you know chip away and 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 hopefully you know again in pursuit of the one seed that's very very important this year. Uh, not only yeah. for home court, but because of matchups and who you're going to play in the, the second round and avoiding the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics in the second round, um, you know, if you end up getting the one seed. But it just hurt for that. Um, just not good. And and, and I, the, I think the two games this week, Memphis and Boston, if you were, you know, just watching the progression of those games and – you know, you you know, you'd have told me at the end of the week, all right, Sixers won one and they lost one. I would have put a whole lot of money on it, saying that they lost the game against Memphis and they won the game against Boston, um, because they did not deserve oh, yeah. to win the game against Memphis. Oh, yeah. They, you know, played well enough to win the game against Boston, um, and and it just hurt. So, you know, Derek White, some notables. Derek White came off the bench, had 18 points and a game high plus 25 in the plus minus category. He killed them. Uh, we spoke about Horford and what he did. I did find it interesting. You touched on this. I want your opinion or your thought uh, process on this because they were even talking about it, you know, the the guys who were calling the game. But 
uh, to have no McDaniels on the floor uh, for the last defensive possession, I guess, you know, going with James Harden in that scenario, who would be the guy that they would sub him out for, uh, would be McDaniels. Um, your thoughts on that? Should McDaniels have been on the floor? Should he not have? Or is it kind of just a, it is what it is. He wasn't on the floor. But again, six seconds left. Sixers have no timeouts. It's not like, you know, uh, I don't know. What's your what's your take? Because I thought that was interesting when they pointed that out. Hey, no McDaniels on the floor. They brought him here for this. Or is it kind of just is what it is? Yeah, I agree with them. I think, I think you, and if it's Harden, okay, because it's only one possession. Right. But in a situation like that, I feel like McDaniel's is a better option to have, because in reality, and I think someone pointed this out afterwards, but in reality, you know the ball's probably going to Tatum. Right. So I, I, then it wouldn't have taken a rocket scientist to figure that out. Right. Yeah, you so, saw him in the backcourt, right? You knew right. the play. Everybody knew the play. Right. Yeah. So uh, knowing that, I think putting McDaniels in is is a good idea. And yes. I'm not saying – I'm not blaming Melton. I just think having a guy like McDaniels who's a little taller – Wingspan has the advantage in wingspan, can get up higher to contest even more. Mm-hmm. So that shot becomes even more difficult. So I would definitely have McDaniels in. And if if it means taking Harden out, that's fine because at that point, he's Harris might be a worse defender, but I feel like Harris is a little better than Harden. Yeah. Just because of his length and his size. And his size. Right. So... I'm f- I'm I'm fine with taking out Harden in that possession to put McDaniel's in, but right. I think given anyway. that situation, and you know, you're you're likely not going to see a situation quite like that again, yeah. necessarily because the situation was Sixers have no timeouts, Celtics have the ball, shot clock unplugged, with six seconds, tie mm-hmm. game, meaning again it's the NBA like. The Celtics are getting the last shot, right? Yeah. I know we saw what Embiid <laughs> did, but like, you're not gonna have an offensive possession unless it goes to overtime. Meaning that Harden doesn't have to be on the floor. However, if it was, if it was, thirty seconds in the game left, Sixers have no timeouts, and there's fifteen yeah. seconds on the shot clock, then yeah, you better bet Harden should be on the floor. Because what if the Celt- you know Celtics make or miss or whatever? There's going to be 10, 15 seconds left for the Sixers to go down and run a play on offense, and you need James Harden out there for that. Uh, but when there's no shot clock, um, you should probably go with your best defensive lineup. And there were what two timeouts before that final play for the Celtics, where yeah. they had an opportunity to do that. Uh, so kind of interesting. Um, the plus minus issue. I mean, that's the that's the point, uh, kind of, of the whole game, right? Like the the starters certainly did enough uh, to win the game. They outplayed Boston starters as far, you know in the plus minus category, and uh, the bench was an issue. Most notably, Paul Reed played for four minutes, and he was a minus fourteen. Uh, four minutes, he was a minus fourteen. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you mentioned it too. Tatum didn't particularly play well, right? Eighteen points, no. but. 7 of 17 from the floor started even colder than that. Um, you know, 
but again, it's a credit to their depth. Like we've talked, you know, a little bit about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but most notably here, to, you know, last night was Al Horford and Derek White, um, and no one was notable on the Sixers bench. I think they had two guys score, um, in McDaniel's and someone else, right? Maxi, like, I think, had eight. Yeah, Maxi and McDaniel's combined for like twelve. Yeah. Yang didn't score. Paul Reed didn't score. Whoever else, yeah. Shake Milton, I don't even know if he played. He played a little bit, but I don't right. think he scored. He didn't score. You know, and yeah. that that's that's an issue. That's an and that that's it's funny because right, we've talked about that last couple weeks. The Celtics bench, their depth, their depth, their depth, and it it that's what lost the Sixers this ta- game. We did talk about that, didn't we? Right, right. We so did. what do you what do you take away from that? We've we've preached it. You know, the Celtics have depth. The Sixers don't have as much depth, and that's literally what beat them, right? I mean, that's what beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, Embiid can only do so much. Harden, you know, p- played decently. Harris had a great start. He finished with 19. Uh, P.J. Tucker, shout out to him, though. 16 boards, 7 points. I had a couple, you know, big shots, big plays in this game. But um, I mean, what's your thought there? And then we'll move on to a little bit of the Grizzlies. But what's your thought? Again, this, this depth thing and yeah. – how big it was an issue? How big of an issue was that last night in in your as you're just watching the game? Well, the issue is non-existent if you don't in this game specifically looking at it through a vacuum. Mm-hmm. This issue is non-existent because, or this issue is non-existent if you don't leave Al Horford open five times mm-hmm. on the perimeter, because mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, that is why the Sixers lost this game. Yeah. Because they left Al Horford open five times from three. And obviously there were the 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 space he had varied depending on the possession. Some shots were more contested than others, but he was pretty wide open for most yeah. of those three pointers. And he made them. I think he I don't think he went five for five, but he made five three pointers and all of those three-pointers were the result of the Sixers helping off of him onto Tatum, who was, again, like we're talking about, ice cold on Brown, sometimes even on Smart, which was weird. So you, if you just stick to, tu- to not Tucker, to Horford, and if he makes one less three-pointer, if you get out and close out on one of those, the Sixers win. Yeah. Right. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I mean, it, yep. it, that's a good point. I mean, that that was kind of the the breaking. Like point, a lot of people, I think, were making this game. game to out to be more than it was. And yes, the 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 Sixers bench wasn't good, but if you if you contest one of those Al Horford shots, <laughs> the the Celtics don't win this game. Right. Jason Tatum does not get that game winner. Yeah, he might make it, but more. yeah, <laughs> hurts even more when you say that. Yeah. Again, yeah, they're you're making it. They're making it out to be more than it is, and that's rooted in the fact of what happened at the end. That's yeah. rooted in the fact that the you know Celtics are now three and zero against the Sixers this year. They can't just you know they can't get over the hump and all of that. But like, you know, it's a basketball game. I saw one tweet that you know was like, Celtics are a very good team. Sixers are a very good team. Yes, Celtics won the game tonight. End of story. Like it they just took won, you know? a Joel. It took a missed Joel Embiid heave from full court for the Celtics to win. 
Right. That's what yeah, I. That's a, what a I. Point two seconds too late. He, yeah, I think that's what I posted too last night. I said, it literally took a very late Joel Embiid heave from full court right. for the Celtics to win. Simple. That's it. Yep, is what it is. You know, and you move on. And again, I think it. You know, it, it, it's just it's more so of a conversation because it's the Celtics and because of yeah, you know, what the standings true. are right now. Um, but yeah, not not a fun way to lose. But you lost the game. Is what it is. <laughs> Uh, Grizzlies, however, that game did not look good for a long time. Uh, Sixers outscored the Grizzlies by 17 in the second half. Harden had 31 on an efficient 10 of 16 from the field. Seven boards, seven assists for him in that one. Embiid did not, you know, shoot. He wasn't efficient in this one. But listen to this stat line for, like, a quote-unquote bad game from Embiid. He had 27, 19 rebounds, six assists, six blocks. Uh, The only downside, again, was seven of 25 from the field. But... You know, to be, you know, that productive in the box score and yet that, you know, lack of efficiency from yeah. the, from the field is significant. Uh, John Morant was quiet, 15, 3 of 16 from the field. That was a fantastic Ooh. ending um, in the Sixers. You know, it was not looking good again, but they <laughs> surged and, you know, made some stops, hit some hit some big shots, Harden and, and Tobias Harris from the corner in particular for three. Um, but that was a fun one to watch that one end. I don't know if you caught that one, but... What'd you think? Dude, the Grizzlies game? Yeah. So I didn't catch I caught everything. No, 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 that's not that's a lie. It's so weird because there'll be games that I can't watch until the very end. And almost every time that happens the Sixers end up winning. And this mm-hmm. Grizzlies game was no was not an exception to that because yeah. they were losing and the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, when I started watching, they came. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything. I'm just. I'm just keep making. It up. I'm saying keep. It I'm up. just making an observation. They ended up winning. Embiid right. had multiple clutch defensive possessions against Jaron Jackson and John Morant and Xavier Tillman, and the Grizzlies, quite frankly, choked. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really all it came yeah. down to. The last <laughs> one of their last possessions was I remember. I remember vividly. Was two Desmond Bain threes. One of them was lightly contested. The other one was heavily contested. Then another shot. Right. Another offensive rebound for the Grizzlies was a a Jaron Jackson heave from the corner, nearly falling out of bounds. Yeah. They choked. Right. They choked. Yeah, I remember that possession. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was just, you know, it it was, I don't know if you saw the, you know, last year's game. Was it, yeah, last year's game um, when Maxie got, like, the, leak out to end the game well it was a two-point game and he just kind of it was very uh a lot of parallels between last year's game and this yeah. year's game Sixers got to stop uh, up by two points and then someone breaks away for a, for a dunk on the other end it was maxi last year it was in beat this year so a lot of similarity there but Sixers do win that one 110 105 again of the two games they quote-unquote deserved to win or should have win or looked like they were going to win uh that was not the one it looked like they were going to win but they did um so that made me think a little bit before we look into what's upcoming on the schedule. So there's 23 games to go. Uh, not an easy schedule ahead. We, we touched on the road trip that's coming up. Um, and so thinking through expectations and all of that and where this team is, where they need to be, what they need to work on, what they are good at. Um, why don't you give me a couple positives, right? Like we need some positives after that heartbreak last night. The Planet 76 fans need something positive yes. about this team. It's going to be encouraging. 
And then we're going to be fair. We're going to talk about some negatives, some things to clean up, some things to work on. But why don't you give me one or two uh, positives, and then I'll give one, and then we'll talk about some negatives, and uh, we'll look ahead to what's to come. So what's a, what's something that you're like, okay, I feel good about this for the 76ers team right now? Well, I feel really good about one through eight on this roster. Mm. And I think I think – for me, that's where I still give them a puncher's chance to maybe compete with Boston and or Milwaukee. Compete, I, and I use that lightly because I'm still a little <laughs> unsure, but I give them a puncher's chance. I think McDaniels, I think Maxi slash Melton. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. And yeah. who's the other player I'm thinking of? And, and Niang, and Niang as well. Yeah. And Reed, I think, too. So if Reed plays, I think it's nine, but I don't know. Okay. We still have no idea about the backup happen. center yeah. position, uh, position. So I I'm I, I think one through eight on this roster, I'm very confident in that. In them, in that, in them, whatever. So there's one. Two I think I mean this team is still whether you want to talk about record wise, talent wise, this team this team is still a top I'd say seven, six team in the league. Sure. I think yeah. because I and I mean they were the best team in the league in Jan in the month of January and I'm not sure what the stats look like in February, but I know they had kind of an up and down month. But I'm still very confident in this team overall. I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. That's something I can say for sure. Because after the obvious few, Milwaukee, Denver, Phoenix, fully ideal Phoenix, obviously with KD, Denver, Boston. After that, maybe throw in the Clippers if you want. If you want the Grizzlies, I'm a lot lower on them than most, so I would put the Sixers over them. I'm very confident in this team being at least a top 8-7 team, if not a little higher. So that's yeah. I think those are two things that we can that we can look to. Sure, let's repair that heart a little yeah. bit, right? Like that's a good thing. This is the top seven, eight yeah. team in the league, and that's that's for sure. I mean, yeah, right. right? You agree with that, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think like even to your point, it could be higher. It could you know it's not lower. You know, and that's that's a conservative number, I think. And you look at even now again, standings aren't everything. Yeah. But, that's what I'm saying. If you want to look um, at the talent, if you want to look at the the standing, the sure. record. Sure, and, w- and what they've done lately. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a team that was red hot, you know. Um, you know, we lost one this week, and but we were, what, we had a five-game win streak coming into Saturday night against Boston. Um, they had a real long win streak way before that. Um, they went out west and won some road games five in a row that you predicted, I might add. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a positive in the fact that, like, yeah, this is one of the best teams in the NBA. It just is. Mm-hmm. It just is. And, again, um, however you want to tier that off, like, yeah, maybe Boston and Milwaukee are tier one. And then, you know, in the mix with the Sixers, like, you know, some of the other teams that you mentioned are, are kind of right there as well. So uh, that's certainly a positive. The positive, I'll say that, you know, we can 
um, be happy about right now is the health of this team. I mean, think about how many games Joel Embiid's been playing. Think about how many games James Harden's been playing since they've returned from some early season injuries. I mean, everybody on this team had a foot injury in October, November, <laughs> December, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're healthy now, and that's a good thing. With 23 games to go, you want to, you know, you want to tighten up things, and it's hard to tighten up things if you're missing three guys from your rotation. Mm-hmm. But everyone uh, is pretty healthy, and that's a good thing. Um, all right, so what about some things that concern you? Again, 23 games to go. We want to look good. And I know this might be a softball question because, all right, well, if the top eight uh, you're, you're happy about in the Sixers rotation, then maybe one of the negatives is, is that nine and ten. Uh, so you can go that way if you want. But what are some things that you're like, you know, this is a negative for this team and this, this concerns me, especially come playoff time? Yeah, one one thing is definitely that 9-10, depending on if the Sixers do go 10 in the playoffs, which they they did last year, I think. They did the year before, I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So if they end up do going with 9-10 in the playoffs, and this kind of does tie into my second, is the backup center position still kind of concerns me because I don't know, it, what's what is Dwayne Demon even going to do? I don't... I really don't. I, I really don't. I really don't. I mean, he's injured now. Is he coming back? Is he gonna get rotational minutes? What's the deal with this guy? Daryl Morey was on a podcast and he said Dwayne Dedman is dealing with a plantar fasciitis issue or something, but he's all good now. Well, why isn't he playing, dude? I mean, <laughs> right. So I, I don't. I, I don't know. I I much, and I think we talked about this before, but I much. I trust more Reed slash Tucker as the center rotation, and I I I'm hoping we don't see Harold anymore. I don't think we've seen him at all. I know we didn't see him in Memphis or or against Memphis. Oh my gosh, I can't talk against Memphis or against Boston. So I'm hoping he's good. I'm hoping he's kind of just chilling on the bench for a little while. So. That this, this, this it still does concern me though, because like I said, what is Deb? What is Deadman's role? What is he gonna do? I I just I don't I still don't understand the point of bringing him in. I get he's a bigger body, he can defend a little bit, better rebounder probably, but he's ancient. You know I I hmm. I, I understand. We all get it. Glenn hates to play young players. We get that. Surprised he's even playing McDaniel's. I'd hope he plays him because we traded for him, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. What do you? I mean, what do you think? I don't like. <sighs> oh, yeah, I don't see that Devin's going to do anything again. I, I think what we said last week, if I remember correctly, was the three guys. I mean, we haven't, it seems like we haven't seen Harold for. I hope it stays that way. We just got back from the All Star break, but Harold, Harold Reed, and now Deadman, maybe. Um, it's, it can it can be super 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 situational yeah. now, and but where we kind of landed was I don't I don't think we necessarily are in favor of being all situational come playoff time. Yeah. Um, you know, it almost might be best to give one man the show, and unless he's playing terribly, um, you know, to stick with it. And 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 I think both of us are in favor of that person being Paul Reed. Um, However, he you know he's, he he ain't perfect either. True. That's why we're talking about it um, in this backup center scenario and situation. 
so that, that's certainly the negative right now and the most pressing thing. Um, but not only that, I mean, again, I know we're, we're fresh off, you know, the scars of last night against Boston, so it's fresh on our minds. But, you know, there's still some bench concerns and even, like, some role issues. That's, like, one negative I'm trying to still figure out is, like, Shake Milton. Is he going to play three minutes? Yeah. Is he going to get 20 minutes and get some looks and get to be able to run the offense? Is, is you know, George Yang going to be taken out if he misses two threes in a row? Is, you know, like... Um, one negative I think that I have right now is is just the plug and play um, of the bench because it is so yeah. different. I mean, we have Tyrese Maxey, arguably, you know, he, I mean, he's really is our third option offensively. Um, sometimes the second option as far as go and get a bucket because of how talented he is. He's coming off the bench. Um, there's just some things that aren't clear, and I think that affects NBA players and like their 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 mental state. You know, if you don't know how many minutes you're going to get tonight <laughs> or if you're going to see the yeah, floor tonight. That's true. Um, and so I would like over 23 games for that to be cleaned up, for it to be okay. You know, these, you know, you eight, nine guys, you're it. Um, you know, you're going to get, you know, come playoff time, you're going to get your 12, 14 minutes off the bench. You're not going to not see the floor. So that's one thing um, that I would say um, would would be a big thing for me right now is just – the plug-and-play off the bench is just so random, it seems, right now. And I don't think that's a good thing. I also... I think I that kind that of helped Glenn to lead to what we saw last night. And he's my other uh, Against Boston, so... Um, all right. So, again, 23 games to go, a tough schedule, and uh, we will see what happens. But so Eastern Conference standings, again, I mean, it's not like the Sixers have any issues as far as what's behind them but what's in front of them is the issue um you know boston and milwaukee 44 and 17 and 43 and 17 respectively uh and then 39 and 20 for the sixers and then i mean cleveland's 39 and 25 i don't know how so many teams have played so many more games than the sixers (laughs) but everybody's played like five or six more than the sixers because cleveland has the same amount of wins but they got five more losses um so not a whole lot of pressure behind them but you know, a need to see what they can do in front of them. Again, lost last the loss last night kind of hurt that as far as what the Sixers can do. But, again, upcoming heat at the Wells Fargo Center before the Sixers hit the road uh, to Miami on the first day of March on Wednesday. The Mavericks on Thursday, Miami-Dallas back-to-back. And then uh, the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday the 4th. I don't know if Giannis will be back for that. Yeah, he one. had another he injury played. last night, I saw. Did yeah. he? Okay. So we'll see. Uh, that's only a week away, certainly. Uh, six days now. But um, all right. Why don't we do a few fact or cap? I'm going to bring it back. Ooh. haven't done these in a while. i got four for you. Uh, some of what we've been talking about already, uh, but it should be good. And, and the first one is a little bit of a okay. heater as we uh, talk about the Sixers and their bench and uh, all of that stuff. So first one is this is, Tyrese Maxey, factor cap. Tyrese Maxey should be starting. I guess fact. I'm kind of a. Uh, okay. I'm kind of in, uh, indifferent to that because a lot of people have been saying Maxey's kind of getting lost in his bench role, but still the Sixers could really use that kind of scoring off the bench, and I think for the most part, I I think it's helped this team. I, I don't know how. I don't know how many people would agree or disagree with that, but overall, I think 
him off the bench has helped the Sixers because the scoring, the ball handling, and, and Melton can do a little bit of that too. But I trust Maxi more in a situation where the Sixers need to score. Right. Um, I know we usually rush into the next one, but I do yeah, want to okay, talk about fine. this one a little bit. I'm not. I don't sit um, too differently mm-hmm. from where you are. I'd say um, I did see some of those comments mm-hmm. about Maxi and 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 saying, "Oh, he looks lost. He looks uncomfortable. He looks this. He looks that." Uh, and then I was like, well, "Let me check what the numbers say." And I mean, he's still, you know, barring a you know a few games. Sure. He, he's still sure. very productive, right? Like in the last, in the whole month of February, he was in single digits mm-hmm. just twice. Uh, one of those being last night against Boston. Um, now, you know, his points per game, as you think early season, you know, he was up over 20. Uh, he's dipped in the month of February, only averaging almost 16 a game. Uh, but again, some of those are misleading because early season, Tyrese Maxey, like, you know, he was kind of the guy because of yeah. injuries here or there. Uh, but since the Sixers have been at full strength and he's been coming off the bench, the, the points production does drop, and I think that drops regardless of starting or coming off the bench. I do as well as you. Like, I mean, I like the punch off the bench that he right. provides because I think he does. I don't think he looks lost necessarily. Um, you know, I, I think the total minutes matters, and I would say that he deserves more minutes than Melton. Yes, I agree. Uh, like last night, for example, he didn't have – they had the same amount of minutes played, I think, and I might have more mm-hmm. of an issue with that versus – you know, an issue with who's starting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I, I really don't. I think it would be cap to say that he should yeah. be starting. Um, but, yeah. So, all right, next one. Embiid and Harden. Um, just given health, given age, given all of that, given where they are in the season, Embiid and Harden are playing too many minutes per game. Um, you know, as of late, factor cap mm. because, Let me see. in my opinion, I wrote the question, they are playing a lot of minutes. <laughs> Let me see here. He's got to do so some research. Season, Harden's, ooh, Harden's playing 37 minutes this year. Well. It's disgusting, right? Yeah. It's not great. I mean, he was playing <laughs> 37 in Brooklyn, 36 the year before in Brooklyn. I don't know. I. He's toward the I him him he Harden's toward the top much. of the league, I think. So that's half of the question. Sorry, sorry, I gotta find this. And Beats playing thirty five. <laughs> yeah, that's too many, especially in comparison to years past. He played thirty four last year, thirty one year before. Uh and the backup center position was better last year for the Sixers. Obviously, up until this time last right. year, but still, it was better. Right. So, and and Beatles playing less minutes. So, well, he was playing one minute less. I'm going to say fact. I think that's yeah. fact. I agree. I, I just think, just given the stage of the season, again, they, they have a, you know, the Cavs have played yeah. five more games than the Sixers. You know, so the last 23 games of the season are going to be, you know, there's going to be some back-to-backs in there. There's going to be a four or five-game weeks. Um, and I think moving forward, like, get these guys some rest. And I think Glenn did allude to that when asked about the upcoming schedule. He said, you know, there will be some guys who don't who, – who get rest. But I think even the games that they play, um, get these guys a breather. Let's, let's get them ready for the playoffs because that's what matters. All right, 
Um, fact or cap? Again, given the context, I'm giving context to all these. Given the context of the well, Eastern Conference and the yeah, Celtics so. and the and the Bucks, uh, so getting the one seed is the only way, the only shot the Sixers have of making the NBA Finals is if they get the one seed. Factor cap. You want to go on three? We both say it. All right, you ready? Okay. I'll count down from three. <laughs> yes. Three. All right. Two. One. Fact. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> well, why? I think did we talk about this? But I don't know if we did last we week did, about yes. how the second round. If let's they, just if say they're not the one seed. They got to play this. the Bucks or the Celtics. Yeah. That's let's just thing. say this: <laughs> the Sixers may have to play the Celtics in the second round, and I'm I'm just gonna keep it a buck. They're probably gonna lose if they play the Celtics second round, and I don't want to talk about what will happen after that. So right. let's just hope and pray that that does not happen. Yeah, well, that's why last night I was so you know again more so than the loss. It's the it's the yeah. loss in the standings and like that's important this year. We we're gonna we're gonna talk about it every week. I bet from now until it's then, just that it, it really is that how important. weak the East is, how top heavy I should say, how top heavy the East is with the with the uh, Bucks and the Celtics, and any chance that. You know, you can avoid those teams uh, for yeah. as long as you possibly can in the playoffs is a really good thing. And the one seed this year is going to be able to do that. So that's why I think it's huge. All right. Um, the Sixers should play more small ball with PJ at the five. Uh, fact or cap? I think fact. I like the Sixers small ball. I think they're pretty well equipped to do that. Last night it worked very well. Give that's a where shot. a lot of PJ's rebounds came from shout out to pj tucker i like to push pj tucker agenda all the time 16 <laughs> rebounds five offensive rebounds um i'm gonna say fact because and it is situational yeah. still but i like it yeah i i'd say fact as well mm-hmm. it's very situational but it's also very situational in the understanding that we have that yeah. our concern is the backup big man and pj does help that, that was one of our too. negatives that's Right, and and PJ helps that, and if if that's a if that's a plug and play that you can have, that's going to be productive. And again, that if that happens, that means Embiid's off the floor for those minutes, and you can buy him a few minutes, give give him a shot there. Why not try it out? Uh, all right, that's Factor Cap, and uh, this is Planet Seventy Six, Episode Eighty Six. We will see you next time uh, to break down some uh, Sixers action as they uh, see the Heat twice this week, and then on the road against the Mavericks and the Bucks. You can catch that here on Planet 76. Peace. If you are a Philadelphia 76ers fan, this is the podcast for you. Planet 76, a weekly podcast covering all things Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see you next time.